The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I am joined by all of my co-hosts, Nate Harninger, Laura Nash, and Shane Kelly. And this week we are talking about a game called Katana Zero. Uh, this was a game that I had very briefly seen a couple of screenshots of, but wasn't really on my, my list when I was kind of you know, hurriedly trying to rush through all of the games of the year discourse towards the end of 2019. Um, but uh, one of our listeners, uh, who's also one of our patrons, thank you very much to Dave Giza, uh, reminded me of this game's existence on our uh, Discord while we were all having our conversations about game of the year. And uh, you know, I, I thought, oh, that sounds familiar. I feel like I've seen that. And so I went and looked it up and I was like, oh, Oh, this looks like a really cool action game, and that was exactly what I needed right now. I'm really glad we played this. Yeah, same. Uh, and so thank you, Dave, for recommending this. Shout out to the Discord. And I I don't know for sure. I don't have to make that decision because we've already done our best of 2019. <laughs> uh, so I haven't put too much thought into it, but I think probably... Had we played this game when it came out, which was, I think, April of 2019, roughly, uh, this might have been in my best of 2019. I absolutely loved this game, and I'm really glad that we are talking about it. I would like to ask a question really quick, and it is, you know, we're in a world where they can they can send out an update to the movie Cats in theaters a required update best movie of 2019 can we go back and can we do some dlc for our game of the year from last year can we do a dlc patch anytime you like podcast episodes yes add in a drop uh go check out this game and a plague tale right we've talked about that in the discord too we forgot to mention that in our best of 2019 yeah probably should have been somewhere on the list uh that was that was pretty rad and uh, I I think this is a pretty uh, pretty worth checking out game. I, I would not say Nate that it quite hits that high for me. And I have some things. We there are some things to talk about. We got a lot but to talk about in this game. Lest yeah. our listeners be looking for someone other than us to say this game is good, it did get nominated for best indie game at Game Awards, and it was against uh, Disco Elysium, Goose Game, Baba's You, and Outer Wilds. Yeah, and so. So it's like in good company. Let me let me be uh, clear too. I I really love this game, but I think our discussion will show this is a this is a interesting game, and there the there are some high high uh, high marks on it, and there are some deeply confounding elements of this game that I hope that we <laughs> really really dig in on this episode. But it's a I, game I, for discussion. That is yes. really well stated, Nate, because I thought you were going to go high highs and low lows. I was like, actually, it's not that the lows are low. No, it's they're not low. It's more just that there are parts of this game that like left me extremely confused on a, there on are a no, deep yeah. level. <laughs> yeah, there are no problems with this game, which is why I think it's it's so high on my list. But there are some things that I have 
I just don't I don't know what they were trying to do. Uh, and and, and my I hands appreciate... hurt so bad and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, they're, most, they're, I unfortunately, will say... unfortunately, I'll say most of the things that I find the most most baffling about this game are things that we're mostly going to have to save for after the spoiler break know, because they are mostly story stuff. Um, and, I, I, but I will say, you know, this game goes for it. Whether whether it goes whether, it, whether it whether it hits or not uh, from this is this is all story. Just so you know, like the, we're going to talk about the gameplay and that's really what stands. Yeah, out that's what we're going to focus before we get to the yeah, spoiler break. The, so the story in this know. game, this this goes for it, and whether it hits or not, I, I don't know. I like uh, that we didn't have this. Disclaimer I will say, for telling lies, and we have it for Katana Zero. <laughs> yeah, because Reagan pointed that, out earlier uh, that this game. And I'll go a little farther here. This game has a four-line, one-paragraph description of its gameplay in its Wikipedia summary, but it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. It has a fifteen-paragraph explanation of its plot, and we're talking about <laughs> an action platformer. And length to beat is about seven hours for me. So it's it's like two yes. paragraphs per hour of story, and these are not light paragraphs. <laughs> and, and most of the gameplay, most of the game is actually you playing it. Not it's not right. like an interactive fiction no, game. I don't know no, because this is no visual I, novel. I don't know because that was that was although my, it does have very interesting dialogue systems. Yeah, my first takeaway from this game as I started playing it is. For an action platformer, there is a considerable amount of dialogue <laughs> and 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 choices and story. I, I would argue that it is depending on I guess basically depending on your skill level, you spend about as much time engaging with the action platformer element as you do reading and engaging with the characters. And that was a huge surprise because uh, when you start playing this game, you're like. Oh, this is gonna be. Uh, uh, we we did my friend Pedro. Uh, just pure a action ago. platformer. Yeah, basically yeah. a plot and a very similarly mechanic. Now there's some key differences, but very similar mechanic. Which is, it's like there's very little story, and you're really just it's all set up just to get into the game. And I and I really thought that's what this is gonna be, but it is it is swung on the entire other direction. They go to extreme lengths to justify. <laughs> the the mechanics of this game and i actually i, I, I we haven't even talked about the game yet yeah and I, we I, we can I, save I, most of this talk about the, we, i think we've teased people enough about the weirdness <laughs> of the story of this game yeah, and I, i'm looking forward to a lot in the narrative but, i i just i love a game that that i uh, you know you come up with a mechanic that doesn't exist in the real world uh, that that it just it can't work. It, it, you know, in this game, it, it's bullet time. It's slowing down time, and they create a whole world to to explain why your character could do the things that they could do. Unlike a game like My Friend Pedro, which is just like, yeah, you can you can do it. Why not? You know, you got and a I, magic I, banana. It lets you do stuff because there's sure. a button for that on your controller. You can just do it. You can just do it. It doesn't matter. Uh, and this game and like super hot and other games that have these interesting mechanics, they really, really try to create a world in which you understand why you can do these things. This game goes to the most extreme of that, of really trying to explain not only why you can do the things that you can do, but the whole universe that was behind the creation of the things that you can do. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of backstory going on <laughs> here and a lot of wild. story delivered in interesting ways. Yeah. So let's get in. 
want I want to talk real quick before we dive into talking too much about the actual mechanics of the of the action. Um, I want to I want to like just praise the visuals because while it's not the absolute key focus of the game, it's absolutely what drew me in initially. The first thing I noticed about this game was that it has exactly my kind of pixel art. This is sort of like um, it, it's. In terms of like color scheme and sort of the the world that it's depicting, it's doing this sort of uh, uh, retro futurist '80s inspired uh, neon uh, cityscape kind of vibe. Um, but all of the art, I would say, is this really good uh, 16-bit style uh, pixel art. But it's that sort of like modern style that's imitating the great things about the the 16-bit era of pixel art with. Uh, fewer limitations, you know, in terms of things like color scheme and like sprite size. Everything is very expressive and cool looking, um, and all of the animation is really, really rich. I would compare the the style of the sprites to like Metal Slug. Uh, you know, I could see that. Although um, maybe a little lower res than Metal Slug. Like it, it, some of the some of the character sprites. I'm thinking, for example, of like the little girl that you encounter so often has such a SNES kind of vibe to her appearance. Right. Um, it's it just it feels a bit like Metal Slug because of the you know they've got a lot of frames of animation. So everything is 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 moving constantly. Um, characters have this sort of like living bounce to them uh, as they even if they're just standing still. And the main, all the character sprites are great. The main character sprite is just one of those things where you you instantly see, you see it in a trailer or on a screenshot, and you're like, I want to control that dude. He is this uh, little, or like little. I mean, he's a sprite, but like this uh, samurai-looking dude who's wearing a bathrobe instead of a kimono, and he's got a a big samurai sword. He's got his hair up in a up in a kind of a, a loose ponytail. And it's just an incredibly cool-looking dude, and you, you see that little sprite, and you're like, I want to control this dude. You know, I couldn't tell it was supposed to be a bathrobe. Well, it's commented on several <laughs> times. But then they talk about it over and over again. I thought, oh, man, cool little cool little uh, ninja guy. Right? And then everyone in the, in, the, everyone in the game world is like, are you wearing a bathrobe? Yeah, I, I would not have known it was a bathrobe if they didn't constantly make fun of him for wearing a bathrobe. I, I wasn't even sure it was a uh, a male at first, and then they say you know he enough that it was obvious. But right. uh, the bathrobe jokes are constant and pretty funny. Sprites are great though. Well, that is that is sort of the nature of pixel art. There's always some level of it where you have to sort of fill in those gaps yourself, or the game has to clue you in on things that aren't visible at the scale of the pixel art. Uh, the other thing I want to mention about the pixel art style here is that the game does a lot of really uh, nice. I mentioned that it has great animation, but even um, even specifically stuff that I see done wrong a lot. This is maybe talking more about my particular pet peeves when it comes to pixel art, but it really bothers me. Like if you go back and listen to our episode about Golf Story, one of the big things that took me out of that game was that it's a pixel art game where they have they're not paying attention at all to the sort of limitations of pixel art. Um, you know, so like they'll have uh, objects rotate in ways that don't match up with the pixel art grid, or they'll have some objects that have sprite have pixels of this size and other objects have pixels of this size, or they'll have things like text that isn't actually done in pixel art at all and looks really odd overlaid on top of the pixel art style. Um, this game is a lot more like things like Shovel Knight, where they set a really specific set of restrictions for themselves and everything works within that. But then they do things that you'd never see like a 16-bit game ever do. So like first thing that I can think of is that very early in the game, 
there's a scene where the main character gets drunk and he's in a sort of a bar and the the background starts kind of swimming right and the easy way to do that would be i'm sure there's some way in i don't know what system they're using to build this game unity or whatever it might be i'm sure there's some way to just have the pixels get all deformy right but they don't they have an animation that fits to the pixel grid and does this incredibly cool looking sort of slide squiggle that still feels authentically retro pixel art looking and i was like there it is these guys care so about pixel art I'd like to talk more about some of the visual effects because this is a visual effects heavy game. Um, and it's not just these like really great, super, um, you know, true to form pieces of pixel art. There's lots of things that they apply above that in terms of like lighting and shaders. Oh yeah. Uh, and, uh, but before I even get into those, like oh, just on that pixel art, there's lots of places where they just go that extra mile in terms of like how you interact with stuff and how, how it works. Did you ever uh, kill someone while they were talking? Because some of the enemies will be like talking. Did you notice how the letters and stuff <laughs> spill out of yes! the text bubble and like fall onto the fall across the screen? Oh, that man. sort of that sort of detail is really wonderful. And then, and then the the uh, what I'm talking about with the, like the effects and shaders, um, I think we have to kind of call out that as there is there is one style to this, and this is an extremely synthwave game, right? Mm, so mm-hmm. you have the uh, everything from that lighting and the color palette uh, to the retro futurist use of technology, like with VHS tapes and and stuff like that, um, to uh, you know a lot of the. Uh, of course, tying in with the soundtrack, which is also kind of a synthwave, vaporwave thing. There's even um, there's even kind of in that whole overarching like uh, style. Uh, one of the fun little Easter eggs that I think I noticed was: uh, Did you guys see? You saw the little um, statue head that you would sometimes pick up to smash people with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like I, I I think that's the statue head from uh, Floral Shop, kind of the original vaporwave album. Nice. Uh, which is, oh wow! Like, if you look at it, it's a very, very much kind of a seminal inspiration for like vaporwave and then later synthwave. I so, did not pick up on that, but that's pretty uh, it's, cool. It's it's really uh, they they nailed the visual language and style of synthwave, and they I think also um, have a lot of like really great inspirations that are both part of the visuals and part of the gameplay and the story. Like this is clearly a game about an assassin. So, obviously, it's going to visually and story-wise uh, be inspired by something like Leon the Professional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the story is a huge, huge um, inspiration from Leon the Professional. It's a very, it's very, uh, especially the emotional core of the story is all the very, the very same. And you know, I don't know. There's a. It even had a lot of other little inspirations like. Uh, Hitman and stuff. I'm starting to really want to get into talking about the story of this Yeah. Game, even though we really need to talk about you walk into a room and kill people with a sword. So uh, yeah, let's. we'll get there eventually, but another note on the visual thing, and you, you talked about this uh, just a moment yeah. ago with like the VHS part. Uh, every time you start a level, the screen sort of like shutters down, similar to tracking on a v- an old VHS, right, where you had you had to go and like adjust the tracking. Uh, and there's a lot of elements of like playback and and it's sort of like recordings and watching old tapes and a lot of the 
levels will feel like you're watching it on an old tape, an old tape deck, even though this game seemingly takes place. Well, it, it's in a totally other universe. Or even narratively, you know, you'll you'll find that you in in the story are sometimes playing tapes that are themselves level of the game, levels of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and you all you and you go to like rent a movie at one point, which is, you know, obviously trying to pinpoint a specific era as well. So, yeah, aesthetically, I think we've kind of explained it, but it's it's really a cool aesthetic. It's an aesthetic that really drew me in initially. And then obviously the other big thing that's the I think the big draw of this game, the thing that's a big success for this game is, uh, you know, essentially the gameplay, the combat. It's a, a mm-hmm. the easiest way to explain it is to draw a comparison to Hotline Miami. It's probably the number mm-hmm. one thing I've seen it compared to. Although I think it's a bit different from Hotline Miami. I mean, for one, it's uh, it's a platformer instead of being uh, a top-down kind of view. But there are a number of other ways that it's, uh, it's different from that. You're playing as a swordsman, so you're not shooting people. You are exclusively doing sort of melee combat. It's all one-hit kills, so somebody shoots you and you are immediately dead. Uh, you have no health bar or anything like that. And so generally, each level is a sort of a little self-contained stage. Many of them fit on one screen or, or a couple of screens scrolled vertically or horizontally. And uh, you're going to try to get through, you know, kill everybody in the room in order to leave. Um, and most of the time, that means that you'll have to pull off a bunch of very acrobatic moves, uh, some of which you might be able to do in real time, but a, you know, a, a significant amount of them, you might need to slow down time using sort of the key mechanic of the game, which is sort of a, uh, like a slow-mo, instant uh, bullet time kind of thing. Yeah, I think, you know, we've called it action platformer uh, multiple times, but I, I really actually, now that I think about it, I don't think platformer is the right word because with a platformer, you tend to assume there's going to be some sort of platforming element to it. Uh, and there really isn't. It's more like a side-scrolling beat-em-up where it's one hit yeah. kills and it is uh, gunplay, but you don't have a gun. Almost every bad guy either has a gun or a a, a wide-range melee attack. And your job is being a swordsman, a, an elusive assassin. So you're more about avoiding attacks and getting a single hit kill and stringing those together to clear out a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely got beat em up vibes. It, it feels very much like um, that a bunch of people entering the room you're in, you kind of clear a room, move on as quickly as possible. Like all of those feel most beat em up to me where you don't really, you can't really, there's no... Uh, there aren't different planes. You're mostly on a single plane going back and forth, um, up, down. Uh, platformer, yes, because you can kind of see ahead, but it's not even like you can plan yeah, out. Yeah, and it also has the verticality that you rarely see in something that's like, like a beat-em-up. But, sure, but in like yeah. my friend Pedro, like you needed to see above you to play, and here it's more like you might see the feet of people above you, but it's it, they don't really notice you. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. pretty room by room. It's gated very, very... Mm-hmm. Strictly. Yeah, the other uh, big mechanic besides slowing down time, which is the key one, yeah. uh, and, and that is it's, it is exactly what it sounds like. You hold down, uh, I played on Switch, so you hold down the top ZL, left bumper. Yeah. yeah, ZL, and while you're holding it, time slows down. You have a bar, 
you can only slow down time for a, uh, a, a relatively small amount of time, but enough to do, you know, do work in. Uh, the other big one is that you can roll, and if you roll, you are invulnerable to bullets, uh, which is huge. And then you can also uh, pick up items and throw them, and then you can also, your sword... If you slice at a bullet because time slows enough that bullets are, you know, these very clear yellow dots on the screen. If you slice at one, it will perfectly uh, bounce back at the person who fired it, like right back at them. Uh, And that's really all of the movesets you have. Throw item, roll to dodge things, slice bad guys, slow down time or reflect bullets and this game gets increasingly challenging where they are incorporating uh, guys with rapid fire guns, shotguns, uh, shields, huge range attacks, everything you can imagine and your moveset does not change from the first moment of the game to the very end of the game. Yeah, this game has slow-mo that's about being able to accomplish precision multi-step tasks as opposed to, I know we keep talking about my friend Pedro, but it's just because that one you're so squishy, you're basically Deadpool and slow-mo is so that you can do really cool stuff and you can feel awesome. This game doesn't care if you feel like a badass. It's like you're trying to get through this without dying and that's the yeah, most you important die thing. A lot. Like yeah. it, it's more like Celeste and like you're trying to get through a multi-stage scene without dying that's what you need. You need the slow-mo. It's not just like, I'm going to dip into slow-mo so I can do something really cool looking. This game doesn't care about that. It's about a precision. It's almost like a precision platformer. It's like a precision beat-em-up. I don't really know the term for it. Yeah, it's, it's all about execution. It's about like execution. execution. Yeah. I think another pretty key thing here is that with the slow-mo, um, so the your your sword swipe is extremely powerful. It's a one hit kill for every yes. enemy in the game. If you can if you can kill them, I mean, with a, some of the bosses, you have to hit them a few times. But essentially, it's a one hit kill, um, and it can deflect bullets. Um, and if you're playing at normal speed, it feels like you can do it almost instantly. But when you're playing yeah. in the slow mo speed, there's actually you you you're able to perceive the almost instantaneous uh, like refresh of your sword swipe as being actually it's got quite a long cooldown if you're really slowing things down um, and so it it turns what is the, if you're playing it at full speed this absolutely frenetic incredibly fast action into something that's almost more about planning than execution somewhat like it's about judging the the scenario and trying to figure out okay there's three guys coming at me this guy has a shotgun but this guy has a uh, has a, a rifle this other guy's just going to try and hit me and it's about making a plan and then having to execute on that plan okay in order to do this i'm going to have to uh, the the guy with the shotgun looks like he's going to fire first i need to dodge roll towards him so that i'm behind him by the time his you know, his shotgun goes off then i can kill him and then i'll uh, hopefully need to to you know, make some time to uh, wait for my my sword swipe to refresh so I can deflect a bullet from the rifle guy. You know, it's all about sort of judging the timing and executing on these little micro plans uh, that would be incredibly fast action at full speed, but you know, it just just gives you just enough time to to execute on them at at uh, you know the. Uh, slow mo speed. Yeah, it's it's really really satisfying too. Um, it, it takes a couple 
tries, but it, it allows you to make these little plans for these rooms and it becomes less about uh, figuring out what you're supposed to do and more about executing it, mm-hmm. which there's a balance there because that's like a thing that we struggle with on puzzle games where it's like, I like is the challenge figuring out on, on a puzzle game. I want the challenge to be figuring out what I'm supposed to do. But when I figure it out, I want to just be able to do it. Right. And it can be frustrating if I figure out what I'm supposed to do. And it's like really annoying to actually do the thing on a game like this. You know, ha- creating the plan, like how I'm going to do it is usually the easier part. And then the execution of it perfectly timing that roll so you go past the guy with the shield uh looking to the left to swing your sword and reflect the bullet back to the guy who shot it so you can and then turn around and slice the guy with the shield that's the challenge actually doing it and that's why you know uh, Mm -hmm. laura was saying earlier like you know my hands hurt on this game because it, it it does take especially later in the game oh yeah it takes near perfect execution and then what this game does and i think what the real challenge is is that every zone or it's more than a screen because they they pan but every zone has a string of these sorts of challenges together you you enter into a warehouse right and uh this game has a lot of doors and those are your little moments of like it's a little breath you get to take you can see past the door and you can see there's three guys you have to get in there you kill them and then above you is a floor with three guys below you is a floor with three guys and to the right of you is another door with you know four guys in it and you have to clear all of those rooms and if you die in any room you're going to reset at the beginning of that screen so you have to not only devise and devise a plan for each of these rooms but you have to execute each of those rooms perfectly because if you get hit once you die and you reset the whole thing so each individual room isn't necessarily the most challenging though some of them can be challenging the real challenge is doing all of those without dying and also there is a timer Uh, now that rarely was what caused me problems i think i died by the timer like two or three times out of the hundreds of levels in this game but there is a timer, so you can't just sit there and, you know, think forever. You, you There's always something pressing you going forward to try these rooms. Uh, and there's often multiple entry points to this room. So if you're struggling going in through this door, there might be a platform that you can go up from underneath the room to surprise a guy. You can come in from the other side. There's lots of different ways to tackle it. So it's figuring out the best way to, to kill these guys and executing it and doing all of the bad guys in this room all without dying is the challenge of this game. I, I found it challenging, but very, very satisfying to get through this game. This game has so much commitment uh, to mixing in story bits that even that timer you mentioned, the message isn't time's up or you took too long. It's that you cannot remember that many steps, so you have to start over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, yeah, we it's didn't so we didn't actually mention that that um but at the top we didn't really mention the the framing here is that 
when you do these multiple runs at a room, you know, you're you're on a drug that gives you prescience or the ability to like <laughs> see forward in time. Yeah. 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 And here we get into <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And we'll, the, we'll get uh, into it, specifics it, there later. But like the, the framing is that we're you're not you know, you're not resetting the the level. You're making a you're you know looking forward in time and trying to find through uh through you know repeated attempts what your actual uh path is going to be and that's why when you do eventually get you know do that perfect run that gets you through uh then it gives you the sort of uh security camera footage version of that where you see it all playing out in real time and it's like presumably this is what actually happened yeah it says on the screen yeah that should work yeah. Every single time. Every single it's time you get through one code. of these screens. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, Source Code is a good... Uh, <laughs> that's a good movie. I should watch it again. That movie I, was I, fun. Source Code, which I called... It's such a good movie, terrible name. I called it, it Bomb on a Metro movie for like... <laughs> I literally had to Google bomb on a Metro movie to say source code. Yeah, yeah. That was I've a, never seen it. I need to check that movie out. Yeah. Well, it's basically it's this game right. where yeah, like, right. you're, you're going through a thing multiple times. Yeah. So, Nate, all that stuff you were talking about there brings up probably my, my number one criticism of the gameplay here. And maybe you feel differently about this than I do. But there were times in this game where, first of all, like, yes... The, you know, you're you're trying to get through a number of these sort of little room challenges, uh, but the the AI on the on the enemy characters is such that you have to be really obvious to like get somebody to try and come into the room from another room, right? So generally, you can slice the heads off of dudes in room A and the guys in room B are none the wiser until you move into room B, um, and your slow mo is on a kind of a. a uh, like a, a you know cooldown, right? So you have a, a meter representing how much slow mo you can use, and it's not very much in real time. It's maybe like five seconds, right? Um, it, that becomes a lot longer when you're actually using the slow mo. But like we're talking not a in lot terms of, of the animations, it's exactly ten frames of animation. What? Yeah, the the bar at the top has ten little ticks on it, and it's ten frames of the animation. Is that right? That seems less than I expected. Yeah. Well, okay. It's not long. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not very long, long at all. No. It's very, yeah, it's, it's no, very it's little. Almost no, it's almost no time at all. Yeah. So, and then it takes quite a long time for that, 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 you know, if you go back to regular real time, uh, that bar refreshes, but it takes a really long time for it to happen. And so, so my number one complaint about this is that the game is set up to really, I, I always hate it when a game, like, gives you a way that is clearly the the correct way to play in terms of like, this is your most successful way to play, but it's not the most fun way to play. Those two should always align. And in this game, by far the most effective way to play is to, you know, use slow-mo aggressively. Go into each room and kill all of the dudes that are in it using as much slow-mo as you need. Then probably you're out of slow-mo. Stand there and wait for your slow-mo to refresh before going into the next room. And we're talking 10, 15 seconds in a game where that feels like an absolute eternity. So my number one complaint Nowhere about this... Nowhere near 15 seconds. Oh, it's a long time. I didn't time it, but it feels like an eternity. I, I'm certain it's It 10. does feel like it's a long time. Um, yeah. I, I will say, like, part of, part of the game is, like, especially as you get a little further into the game and there's... Um, like a series of different very kind of connected areas and with with multiple enemies very spread around like you get to a point where the 
effective way to play the game really is to go through and kind of feather the trigger on that slowdown yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, using it just when you need to mm-hmm. and and not wasting it. So um, I, I, de- I definitely didn't feel like that aspect of it had any real problems to it. It it, it introduces the need for you to use this the slowdown very gradually and slowly. And then you'll get to these moments where like you have to really have taken a, a significant understanding of like the scene and the mechanics and all of it together. Yeah, some of the scenes where you have to like fight waves of enemies, some of the bosses, for example, um, like those really make you have to you know use every frame of that slowdown effectively. And I loved those. So I'm not saying that they should take out the cooldown timer on the slow-mo or something like that. For me though, I think it just, I really hate having to stand there in this game and look like an idiot while I'm just like waiting for for my stuff, like and, it, it, and it's really... worse. It's worse because after you finish a level, then they like show you back. Oh yeah, what you did, and it's like do 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 Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just like okay, kill three dudes, waiting. and then stand there, stand there, yeah, stand there. So stand there. You have like a up. sonic attitude toe tap. Uh, yeah. I skipped almost all of the rewatches. I, 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 so I, I, I didn't find those particularly interesting. I wouldn't. They're so yeah. good in Pedro, and then here, I was yeah, like, I don't yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So, so if I can respond to a couple thoughts. One, I almost never watched a replay either. I, I thought they were completely unnecessary. Uh, it was rarely worth it. Whereas my friend Pedro, where what where slowdown is ninety percent of the game. It was fun to watch your really cool moves. Uh, I think on this game, first of all, Shane, your tactic of like feathering the slowdown to where you're only using slowdown for like seconds at a time. I think that's really what this game is going for. And so if you're using your entire, uh, your entire bar of slowdown in a fight, then you're overusing it and they really want you to, to, um, be a little bit more real time, a little bit more actiony with it, and it sort of memorize the fight. And, and so, I definitely found in some of the later get like later stages, I was practicing the fights in in slowdown, so I knew how they would behave. But in, in when I was actually playing through it, I was mostly playing it in real time and just using the slowdown to reflect a bullet or to mm-hmm. throw it to grab a thing or throw a thing. Right, so I'm only using a couple frames of the slowdown. That being said, there's absolutely times where I would use the full bar, but I really saw those as moments to take a breath. And I thought of it as those scenes in like action movies, like John Wick or whatever, where, you know, you just had this like hyper violent moment of like, you just, you know, in this game, you cut off the heads of like four different dudes. And now you're taking a breath to, to in this game, look into the next room and make your plan. Yeah. Now on your on your sixth, seventh, eighth time, yeah, you don't need to make the plan anymore and you are sitting there waiting for the bar to recool. But if that's if you didn't have that time for your first, second, and third run, this game would be impossible. It would be so, there's so much you have to string together and there's so many bad guys in each individual level that I think those are purp- purposeful moments for you to stop take a breath and plan mm-hmm. uh, and it, and it's it's only when you have to do them over and over and over and over again that those moments of waiting add up 
Uh, and it really is only like 10 seconds at the yeah. most for that bar. I, to I, just, I just wish that it would have like included some way to quickly refresh your bar by doing something manually, maybe that makes you extra vulnerable, uh, just to you know, like crouch to, ref to to speed refresh or something like that. And just, to, yeah. just as an option so that those times when you are going through this level for the 10th time where you're you know going down through 10 floors and you keep dying on the ninth floor, you know, then like, I felt like I was doing a lot of standing around. And frankly, like, it really did sort of feel like, oh, now this, this ninja is going to stare at the wall like an idiot before going downstairs again. Yeah, like, I, I just can't imagine doing like, I know what level you're talking sense about. This with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, I just can't imagine doing that level. What you're talking about. I know, I know what you're one you're talking about where you're going down like 10 flights of stairs. I, I can't imagine doing this game without at least a moment. Yeah, to sit and like let your hands sort of refresh and for you to go mm -hmm. like, okay, I, I know like this guy, I have to go down the stairs, roll, jump and slice down. You almost have to like remember like yeah. the pattern for each stage. And if it was really that nonstop, you would never get through this game. Now I wanna get to talking about the story. Obviously this is gonna be an episode where we have to do a spoiler break, but before we move on to talking about like the conversation system and the story, um, I wanted to just very briefly talk a little bit about the soundtrack, which is very good. Uh, and it grew on me over time. Like I didn't I didn't 100% love it at first, but yeah. I I grew to quite like it a lot. It's it's a it's very synth wavy, and it's uh, although there are also some pieces that are not synth wavy. I actually quite liked the like classical piece that plays whenever you're in your psychi psychiatrist's office. Um, yeah, but it says uh, the the web tells me it's composed by Ludowick and Bill Kiley, um, and I'm not familiar with either of them but I thought that the soundtrack was really good. And the game puts a little bit of a spotlight on the soundtrack by every time you begin a new um, stage or, or like area, uh, there's a moment where uh, the main character, the, the samurai takes out a little Walkman and you hear the sounds of a tape being pushed into a Walkman and a very like, I don't know what you call that, like, um, well, a little a little pop up appears on screen to tell you what the specific a chevron song is. Sure, is what you would call it. That. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A little Winamp, you know, very like, much like pops that. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this would have been a good Winamp theme. Yeah. It would have. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It tells you the tells you the song. You hear the sound of a cassette, like you know, and it starts playing, uh, which adds to the whole like what is is any of this actually happening element of the game right mm -hmm. super cool I, I i liked the soundtrack a lot and i liked that it was sort of foregrounded um yeah and okay i i i want to talk about the story um most of the story is delivered so how much about the story can we say without getting into spoiler territory all uh, of it none of it made any sense I, so what are we spoiling i I think you could say that it is a story about, you know, this drug and you're investigating, you know, why are you an assassin? We've already talked about, like, they try to justify every mechanic in the game as part of the system. This is a game that's like, what is the story behind how you got to who you are? And yeah. I don't yeah. Know. yeah, I think the, the main thing is, so you are an assassin who is also seemingly meeting with the psychiatrist. Yes. The psychiatrist is helping you understand who you are and why you do the things that you do while also giving you your next assignment. 
And so the game is broken into a- And your it, drugs. And your drugs, right? So it, it is like a frame story where it starts up right out of the gates. It says 10 days remaining. And you're like, what, what does that what? even- Yeah, what, 10 days to what? And you are given, you meet with your psychiatrist and it's very- deep it's it's often hard to really understand exactly what they're talking about but it is the main character coping with their need to kill their need to uh to do to do the things that they do and this psychiatrist seemingly trying to help them understand themselves while also giving them details about their next hit and so the game is set up with you get this dossier of the person that you're supposed to kill and that will ultimately be the the final person that you kill well and at the end of every psychiatry psychiatrist session they inject you with a drug and it's made clear very early that this drug is what allows you to control time in the way that you do you are a moment by moment time traveling assassin you don't know why you do the things that you do. You don't know how you were, how you've ended up in this place. Other than that, you seem to be a veteran of a war that happened a while ago. You are at the employ of this shady organization that has you kill people in exchange for this drug that allows you to be a kill, a, 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 a like near perfect assassin and a lot of the game is trying to figure out like who you are and why you do the things that you do and why are you being hired to kill these people and what are the connections between all the people that you kill uh, as you kill these people you learn more about the story you learn more about their connection to you to the drugs to the psychiatrist to this entire world to the war that happened seven years ago it is very very complex uh and as i said at the beginning often confounding because there are characters that seem to exist maybe in your mind because of the drug maybe they're real i don't know there's a whole greek chorus thing going on that is <laughs> i think we're uh, getting into spoiler territory yeah. let's say that um so yeah it's weird it's very very weird yeah. uh, but all of this story is delivered through Mostly through dialogue, it's not exactly like uh, it's not. We're not talking about there's no uh, there's no voiceover in this, but it's all done through on-screen text dialogue that is extremely. It's it. This is one of the things about the game that I think is the most interesting. Even though I don't think it always 100% worked. Um, Shane, you kind of mentioned the dialogue system earlier in the episode uh, when you talked about yeah. how they there's parts where you can slice the dialogue in half with your sword when you're killing a dude, and it kind of like. <laughs> falls onto the ground, but uh, tell me about the dialogue system. So there's a lot going on with the dialogue in this game. I, I mean, it, the the scenes that you have uh, conversations are surprisingly interactive for how, how it, if, I to, if I told you you were about to play a game that was going to have um, long sequences in between your, your fights where you're just, you know, having characters talk to each other and maybe making some dialogue choices, Generally, that's going to feel pretty slow, um, especially in a game that's as fast paced as this. Right. But this one actually does something really interesting, which is like every time you're presented as the as you're having the speech from the the uh, other party in the conversation, you generally have the option to 
immediately mash your button and interrupt them, uh, talking over them and saying some phrase that in the dialogue tree is presented kind of in red. It's like the, and it's usually like the rude interruption option, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and character characterizes your 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 little ninja guy uh, in a particular way. But then if you wait and are patient, it shows you more options uh, if you let the other person essentially finish talking before you speak. Uh, sometimes you can say the same thing, and often you just say a lot more that is more considered. Yeah, if you use the red option, there's like the sound of glass breaking, and the dialogue box explodes a little bit. They do such great work to create a like an evocative appearance of the dialogue. Characters' language is uh, there's like a little girl that's a main part of this game that she's often talking, and her words are sort of uh, wavy and colorful. And when someone is really mad, their words are big and red. Uh, they get smaller when they're like whispering. It's it's just really, really great like font mm-hmm. work. I don't know how else to say. Yeah, that's true. Yes. That most reminded me of some of the like visual dialogue in uh, Undertale, which also had a, did a, a lot of really great work with like text presentation that also conveyed something about the tone or meaning of the words. They go beyond the just the presentation, though. There's a lot of places in the game where they add these little mechanics on top of the conversation, um, not just stuff like the kind of glass break interruption option. Uh, there's other times where um, your ability to kind of see the future and, and replay or rewind a scene becomes a mechanical part of your conversation, uh, like... Um, you know, talking your way out of a, a dangerous situation or winning at gambling. Uh, there's there's a lot of really neat little moments where this game tries to kind of blend, I think often successfully blends the world of slicing through enemies uh, with your with your katana uh, and actually like interacting and engaging in the plot and the story. So there's a lot of really interesting. Uh, crossing of those streams. Yeah. Another game that this reminded me of, both from the the writing style as well as the world and sort of the tone of this game, was Read Only Memories, which is a game that we did not too long ago. Mm. Uh, (laughs) You know, you say not too long ago, but it's been a while, dude. Yeah, I guess it has been. Time is a flat Uh, circle, and we've been podcasting for five-plus years now. I know, right? Uh, Compared World. to the podcast, you know, it's 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 relatively recent. Uh, uh, it had uh, some similarities uh, tonally and as well in the world as well with that game. Yeah, so I I, I really want to get into talking about the story here and some of the spoilers because it's it's bonkers. But uh, but I guess the the one thing I last thing I could say about the story before we dive into actual spoilers is that I felt like the the characters are pretty strong in this. You know, your main character he's sort of a nameless protagonist. In fact, he's got some memory issues that also sort of explain that. Once again, this game, you know, never leaves something unexplained when an explanation will do. Um, but uh, it, it it's it's got a lot of really strong characters that are like not just visually cool, like lots of distinct sprites, but also like interesting characters. Like the I was very interested in what is the deal with the psychiatrist character. The first guy that you really uh, interact with as a main sort of antagonist is this really colorful, weird Russian guy named Like v. a cokehead. Yeah, and he's Basically. wild. Or like, I mean, really every named character in this game 
is like extremely interesting. Um, so like, okay, well, I can't, can't get too much into it without talking about spoilers. So maybe we go ahead yeah. and, and take that. I, I, I'll say early in the game, there were times where I felt, okay, just get me. I, I, I just want to play the game. I want to play like this, the, the, the fighting, the action element of the game is is very very fun. I, I really and I, I love. I, I, I it's one of the only games that after completing, I've gone back and played more because I just really have been enjoying it. Uh, and early in the game, I was like, oh my god, there's so much dialogue. I just was not expecting this. It, it, there's so much. <laughs> so and much there is story. So, there is so much story. That being said, about halfway through, I started feeling okay. I'm in it. I want to know. I want to know what's going on. I want to. I, I. I like these characters. I want to understand this world a little bit better. And I started actually like really trying to dig in and read. Now, was I? Did I understand it? Was I ultimately satisfied? Well, you know, there's there's <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there, there's more. I, I wish uh, I wish I understood it better. Yeah. Uh, but but ultimately, like. When I say this game went for it, like this game, like they they go for it. The, the, the creators of this game definitely knew what was going on, whether they expressed it completely or clearly. I don't know. I think you got to play it multiple times or I don't, I don't know. I, I really still don't know. holding back some of their best cards, you know, for for I don't know whether it's for a sequel or for yeah. DLC or whether they just felt like it and didn't want to show their hand. But it, it, it it's holding stuff back for sure. Yeah, I couldn't tell if my choices mattered. I couldn't tell like how much the story was, you know, with a game with a, such a complex dialogue system, I would have expected, or I was expecting like the way I played my character to have an impact on the story. But then just knowing how video game development works, like they're not gonna shelve like entire levels based off of the decisions that you make. So I, I, I couldn't tell. If yeah, there are small things. Enemies. So, like little things. Like uh, I, I had a lot of fun with. There, there's a scene where you're going into a, uh, I guess it's a hotel, and there's a person who's working as a uh, like a receptionist. And you, if you interrupt that person and you don't listen to everything they have to say, then they get testy with you and end up calling the cops. And you have an additional bit of combat there. Whereas, like if you don't oh, and you like listen okay. to everything she has to say, then it ends up presenting you with some really fun uh, stuff that that comes back up later in the game. So, like you. You could tell her that, like, you know, she asks you about why you're wearing what you're wearing, and you could tell her that you're cosplaying from an anime, or that you're just on your way to the showers. And it, it prevents yeah. these, like, it, it prevents these opportunities to either blitz through, you know, Blade first, or to take a, a moment, talk with the character, and have a joke mm. because there's some funny dialogue so, options there. That's a good example because I definitely talked through those things. Um, so I, I guess it was just like normally in a game like this, you can, re and maybe this is a, a benefit, right? Maybe this is like just good writing, but normally you can kind of tell where like, oh my, the choices I made earlier in the game like have resulted in this outcome. Uh, I really couldn't tell by the end of this game if the choices I had made. Yeah, and I mean, I, I haven't played the through the game multiple not. times or anything, but my sense is that uh, it has the sort of like in the moment effects like 
whether the the um, receptionist calls the cops on you, but doesn't mm-hmm. have large scale effects on the structure or flow right. of the story. Yeah, but there's so many dialogue choices. It's constant that I expect. The world <laughs> I mean, essentially, every time you say anything in the thing, it anything. is a dialogue choice yeah. in that you have the choice of yeah. whether or not to speak. And usually you have several options for what to say. And then there are times where it subverts that dialogue system, which we won't get into, at least not here. But like it, it has a lot of surprises with it. And I, I thought overall yeah. the dialogue system was very successful. Um, oh, even yeah. when I Absolutely. was not finding the story was exactly <laughs> successful yeah. in, I mean, it, 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 well, okay. I can't wait to talk about the story. I do think we need to save all of it for the spoiler break. So we'll go ahead and say, listen, past this, uh, past our outro for the spoiler break, you'll enjoy it, I think. Uh, but uh, before we before we move on, uh, let's how do we feel about the game in general? I, I would definitely recommend it. I, I had a really fun time playing this, despite some bonkers stuff that we'll talk about during the spoiler break. Uh, sounds like everybody's pretty positive on the game. Yeah, if, if someone had tried to sell me this as a shooter, um, I wouldn't. I probably would have stayed away. It's a beat 'em up. I love beat 'em up, so like, <laughs> like I liked this game. So um, I think this is the year that I try like. Things that are like on paper shooters, but um, actually not in the slightest bit. Yeah, <laughs> and like them very much. <laughs> I, I personally, I personally think action platformer is more appropriate than beat 'em up. I don't want to get uh, into the uh, into the weeds of uh, of semantics or anything, but like for me, I love platformers. I love things that involve acrobatic jumping, and that's what yes. this game has a lot of. That just sort of fits it into that's that fair. for me. It's like one hundred percent. That's fair. Loved. That yeah. I I definitely recommend this game. I I really really enjoyed it, and, and my my exact same reservations that I have that that Reagan does. I want to make sure that I clarify they're not bad. It's just <laughs> it's it, it just like I just don't know. You ever you ever watch every... a movie and just be like, wow, that was a lot. There was a lot yep. going yeah. on there. Yeah, it's not that's bad. what it is. It's just a lot. It's, it's definitely well it's definitely conceived they thought about it like they have like a bible for this game you know that like they used as a source of truth like i i definitely think that like there is an answer to everything they it just was maybe exposed in a very confusing way um but i love a game that goes for it in the way that this game went for it i was i was surprised at the depth of the characters and their attempt at adding clarity to the world. At the end of the day, though, the game was fun. And mm. I I love the mechanics. I had a great time playing this game. I definitely recommend it. So uh, I played it on Switch, which was perfect. I played it both handheld and uh, in the Switch mode on the big screen. It worked either way. Yeah, I played on uh, Windows. Uh, worked great. Uh, it was on sale on Steam, so I bought it there rather than on Switch, and I I did not regret that in the slightest. Although you know, there it's the sort of game where I don't I think you know if you prefer to play on the go, uh, then grab it on Switch. Um, if you prefer to play it on your PC, it's exactly the same experience. I don't think this is something there's I don't think there's any anything magical about playing the Switch version of this. No, no, it just worked for me. I I'm glad everybody had a good time with it, and thanks again to our listener Dave Giza for. Uh, recommending that we check it out, and I'm, I'm glad that I did. I had some frustration with it sort of in the mid-game. Uh, I will say that if you get stuck in this game and you feel like, ah, oh, this is bullshit, uh, give your hands a rest. 
I definitely found that most of the times when I uh, when I found myself getting frustrated with this game, I just walked away, let my hands heal. Heal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I came back to it and whatever was frustrating me, I'd either find a slightly different approach that worked really easily or just find that the execution was suddenly easier when I wasn't uh, at the end of a long play session. I'll also say uh, timeline-wise, uh, I played this on Steam and my Steam play clock says seven hours. I, I think I actually played a little less than that. I think for most people, you'll probably complete this in between five and seven hours. Um, which I think is a great length for this. I'm not sure I would have wanted it to be much longer, particularly with the story density that it had. I, I, I think personally, I could have I could have dealt with a 10-hour game that spread the story out a little thinner. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I think they had a story they wanted to tell. They had a certain number of levels, and they wanted to put it in in between those levels, and they goddamn well did. Uh, so uh, so. Overall, very much recommended. Uh, stick around after what's making us happy for the spoiler break. Before we talk about what's making us happy this week, I do want to remind our listeners that this episode, this this podcast, is uh, supported by our listeners on Patreon. And if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash the short game, uh, where you'll find... Uh, We've now started releasing patron-only content. Basically, what that includes is one episode so far, uh, but we hope to make more of a habit of that. We have a nice episode where Shane and I talked about uh, our number two long game of the year, Control. Uh, Control was really, really good and really, really enjoyed it. And if that's something you're interested in hearing us talk about, uh, we've got an episode that's exclusive to our patrons. I want to say that Control episode's really great. I do say my so myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it, Shane. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, I, I did too. It was a fun time. And uh, if you want to listen to it, or if you want to get our probably number one perk of the Patreon uh, is access to our Discord, where you can hang out and talk with us about the games that you're playing. That's where we plan the show and talk about the games that we're playing in real time. Um and uh, it's uh, probably the best way to recommend games for the show, uh, as a listener Dave Giza will tell you. So uh, thanks again to all of our patrons. And if you're not one yet, uh, patreon.com slash the short game, www.theshortgame.net and click the Patreon, dot, Patreon link at the top also works. So thank you very much to everybody who's already supporting us. And uh, if you're thinking about it, we would very much appreciate your support. Uh, and finally, before we wrap up, What's making us happy this week? Laura, what's making you happy this week? Uh, two things, uh, because it's been a while since we've done a segment like this. Um, one is I just finished up Watchmen, and it was fantastic. So I know I'm late to the party, but we wanted to wait and binge it all, and Watchmen is just astounding. Uh, the second one is uh, I went to see Little Women, and it is not the movie – Although the movie was incredible and I loved it and it was everything I wanted. It was the group chat I had after Little Women with a bunch of other nerdy ladies who are going to see this a million times. Um, just a lot of all caps yelling, uh, a lot of talking about lounging in chairs and um, everyone talking at once on top of each other in that movie. Uh, it's the thrill of seeing a movie that you really like and then yelling about it with your best friends who are just responding in the same way you do. Uh, I couldn't uh, see it with friends. They were all over the country, but man, that group text went on for literally four days and it's still going on. People are still posting memes in the Little Women group <laughs> chat and it's still not off topic. We're still kind of talking about Little Women. Um, and it's just, uh, if you can keep one of those going for a while, it's uh, it's pretty great. So 
<laughs> Watchmen and the Little Women group chat, um, which is just astonishingly good. If Molly could have been in that night, he she would have loved it. <laughs> My mother-in-law and sister-in-law went and saw that movie together, and they it was the it was the talk of the Christmas season. They were <laughs> uh, yeah. We did the same thing when Lady Bird came out, except um, we were, it was more yelling in person. So um, maybe I just should see. I cannot wait yeah. uh, for Greta Gerwig to do her tap dance musical next. You know, <laughs> nice. okay, so it's funny that you mentioned both group chat and uh, Greta Gerwig's musical ambitions, because the thing I was going to mention as what's making us happy this week is the conversation that's been happening on our Discord about cats and musicals more broadly. Musicals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... I mean, so <laughs> listeners, I'm sorry if you are not a musical theater person. I'm not really a musical theater person. I, I'm, I'm, you know, a, I'm a former theater person and only tangentially a musical theater person at all. But, uh, you know, I like a good musical and I also really like a really bad musical. And so I've been very excited. I still haven't actually seen Cats yet, but the, the discourse around the Cats movie has been very, very exciting to me. Just so good. Um, and so we had a chat going on about that in our uh, in our Discord. And we were we spent a good long while here over the holidays uh, trying to pound out like, okay, Cats is bad, but like what are the what are the musicals left? that would make good movies. And uh, Laura had some great ideas, some other listeners, uh, especially- Mark was very active. Thank you, Mark (laughs) Bramhill, friend of the show, had some really great ideas. And that's the kind of weird off-topic discussion that you will find on our Discord. Sorry to turn everything into a a pimp for the Patreon, but I've just had so much fun talking about musical theater on our Discord this week that it was definitely the little little thing that made me happy this week. So I wanted Justin to- Justin yelled at me because I was not shopping in Trader Joe's. I was too busy responding to the Discord chat about musicals. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I saw the trailer for uh, Into the Heights the other day, and I'm, I'm very excited excited about that. Oh, me too. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, very excited about that one too. Um, Nate, what's making you happy this week? Uh, yeah. So, um, I, so I, I subscribed to Disney plus, uh, mostly for, uh, one, the Mandalorian and two for my two and a half year old daughter. So I could have easy access to the other stuff. Thank you, daddy Disney for giving us access to all of your back catalog. Um, but, we happened upon a show that I, I was aware of, but I was very um, glad to start watching, which is the remake of the DuckTales. Oh, yeah. Has anyone has anyone watched that? Any, I have watched six episodes on a plane. I, I am How is it? super into it. Looks good. It, it's, it's great. So uh, one, there's the nostalgia factor. So if you watch DuckTales when you were a kid uh, and all of the DuckTales universe and spinoffs, they definitely do some pandering to that crowd and it, it works. It just, <laughs> it works. Uh, but also uh, it has, it, they've employed a lot of my favorite voice actors and comedians, Ben Schwartz, Danny uh, Pudi, uh, um, uh, Bobby Moynihan. Uh, there's a Jim Rash. There's a lot of great people that are in it, but it is legitimately funny. And they also have some very heartwarming episodes. Uh, it gives me some Futurama vibes, you know, when Futurama mm. would like really go for it in, in that, like, we're going to do an episode that's going to make you cry. Like they, they do that. And, and specifically there is an episode uh, that they use 
what is my favorite video game song, which is the DuckTales Moon song. Oh, yeah. They, uh, from the original video game. Incredible. It's, yeah, absolutely incredible. They add some context to that song and insert it into the world that it was actually a lullaby that the duck the ducktails kids mom would sing to them before they go to sleep and they just that adds this like heart to that song that was already like one of my you know my favorite video game songs and they do things like that all over this show and it's not just a uh Every episode, it's they, they they do like a continuity, and it has like an arc, and it's funny, it's charming, it's heartwarming. That voice acting is fantastic. It is chock full of cameos that you're gonna love. Um, the uh, Laura Rogelio from uh, oh, he's um, so good. Oh, dude, what's uh, Jamie? What's the name of the- um- What's the name of the show, though? Uh, Jane the, the Virgin. The, um, Jane the Virgin. Rogelio from Jane the Jamie Virgin. Jamie Camel. Yeah, there's just Jamie so Camel. many little cameos. Jim Rash, uh, you know, community and the uh, all that. So uh, it's just fantastic. It's fun. It's funny. It, it works for adults. It works for kids. So uh, it's been making me happy. We've already watched both seasons. They're working on a third. Uh, it's worth it. So check it out. Awesome. Shane, what's making you happy this week? Well, I mean, it's been a really wonderful Christmas for me. This has actually been uh, one of the one of my best Christmases probably in my life. It's been a really nice wow. uh, year for me. Oh. One thing is Reagan has moved home uh, or, you know, of course, Houston was always your home. Right. But you are finally you're finally back in Houston. Uh, my son is now just old enough to, like, really understand Christmas. So this has all in all been a really great Christmas. Uh, but a couple of things have been super fun for me uh, over these holidays. One was just sort of some people that I've really gotten to be friends with and kind of ha- having a lot of good times with down at Coral Sword it has been uh, just getting to know a bunch of people and playing D&D with people for the first time. And I, I get to play D&D uh, for the first time with Hunter Pence, who started Coral Sword and is a, a awesome uh, baseball player, uh, Nate. I know you know about him. Yeah, this is wild to me that uh, he so, won the uh, World Series twice. So, yeah, with, big time with the Giants. Uh, he, he's incredible. Yeah, he's really cool big, to watch on the field. Nate, tell tell people that I don't know anything about baseball, though. You've said it, but basically, you know, for longtime listeners of the show, will know that I'm a big baseball fan. Uh, live in St. Louis, Cardinal fan, all that. Uh, and it just, it's driving me crazy that Shane down in Houston is now playing D and D with a very well-known MLB star of the last decade. Uh, he's won, (laughs) he's, he's won multiple, uh, world series. He has a very unique and interesting playing style. Uh, he's always seemed like a great guy. I uh, from like he's a know, very press. unique and interesting Dungeons and Dragons player. Yeah, so. it just I it just I can't <laughs> believe it. I've literally been privately messaging Shane about how I can get down there and play D anD D with Hunter Pence. I have a whole other uh, part of my life. I have a Slack with just a bunch of people where we talk baseball all the time, and I've been like, "Hey, a good friend of mine is playing D anD D with Hunter Pence," and they're all losing their mind. It's just like, <laughs> you don't, it's awesome. You don't like expect. These are two worlds that I had no, I did not expect to ever cross over. Uh, and, uh, you know, my D&D life and my 
baseball fandom. And now there's a possibility for me personally to be playing D and D with a MLB all star. It, it's I, I just it's it's mind blowing to me. And Shane's like, "Who's this guy?" And I'm like, "What?" Uh, so, <laughs> so, well, I'll tell you what what he is. He he is an incredible uh, sport uh, sports person. Uh, not <laughs> See, just that's what in I'm talking the about. <laughs> everyday uh, world of of baseball. He's also really good at magic, which is a sport, guys. Trust me. Yeah, no, it's uh, great. I wanted so that's I, how we got to get him on the show to, because to know each other. He's I I need to understand how he balances those two because sport baseball in particular has an unfortunate uh, like stigma of it being like a good old boys thing right it's like a bunch of like dudes and they just only do dude like yeah we're gonna drink beer we're gonna play baseball and i gotta understand how he has balanced like magic the gathering and dnd with his professional sports career and it may i just want to know so i I need to talk to him get him on the show let's figure it out that'd be really fun i i i had a really uh, awesome time playing D D with him. Uh, his wife Lexi is really cool. Uh, met their cousin Brandon. Yeah, just uh, rub it. All in, of I them were it. actually really good at D D. Um, she's really cool too. She does a lot of like, you know, she streams games online and stuff like that. Uh, so I just think in general they're both just really dedicated uh, gamers and and they love to they love to play. So uh, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and. Mm-hmm. The the other thing that like really um, has been pulling me in this year over the holidays, apart from all the other wonderful things, is usually this time of the year I am like um, just worried that I'm eating too many holiday cookies and and getting fat. Uh, but instead, this year um, all of my Christmas gifts have kind of come together to maybe help me get more fit. Um, I am playing this new game, Ring Fit Adventure, from Nintendo. Uh, this, if you haven't seen this game, um, it is uh, in the kind of tradition of Nintendo sports fitness games, like the Wii Fit. Um, but the the gameplay gimmick to this is, first off, it's much more of a game. It's like a there's like a real game going on here. Um, but the the piece of exercise gear is like a, a what do you call these like a Pilates ring yeah. or something like yeah. that? It's very Pilates. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and um, and so you're basically you clip one of the Joy Cons onto that, and the other one goes in a leg strap, and then you play this game by basically doing Pilates. Like the the ring has all these has a flex sensor, and a uh, you know and you uh, and positional sensors and on your leg, so you have to like actually run to make your character run. And then you fight monsters by like doing little exercises. And all of that is actually done really well. The game is honestly super fun. My son, my toddler, loves to watch me play this game because <laughs> daddy's up and making a fool of himself in the middle of the living room uh, while, um, you know, this uh, gigantic Chad dragon is like uh, flexing on me. And <laughs> uh, that you're sounds sending, awesome. <laughs> Uh, like fist flying phantom fists at uh, monsters that look like kettlebells and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's really great. And uh, yeah, so that plus my my wonderful wife gave me an Apple Watch uh, this year. So I'm I'm tracking my fitness on the watch and I'm playing this game, uh, which I mean, uh, another just weird piece of tech. Uh, the 
little IR camera on the uh, on the Joy-Con uh, is actually used to take your pulse in this game. And it is usually within one or two BPM of what my watch is saying. Mm. So oh, that's wow. interesting. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I, I thought that would be some kind of janky tech, but it actually seems to work. Not that it gives you like, I don't know how valuable that data is. But what is really valuable is just how fun this game is. It's actually been very motivating for me to actually play and and keep doing these little exercises. And it has a really, uh, you know, the, the exercises feel feel good and effective and it gives you lots of feedback. So uh, that's another thing that's I think this is just overall. I haven't gotten to do one of these making me happy uh, segments in a while. I've got a lot to talk about. But the main thing is I'm just ve- feeling very happy. That is so, awesome. That's me. Yes. Like, nice. Good. And uh, I am too. And thanks very much to all of my co-hosts. I'm looking forward to an exciting 2020. Uh, It's going to be an exciting year for the show and just in general, I think. Um, You know, uh, and so, yeah, listeners, thank you for listening to The Short Game. Uh, If you want to find our show, you can find us on the web at www.theshortgame.net or Patreon, of course, as I mentioned, patreon.com slash the short game. You can also find us on Twitter at underscore short game. Or you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R A Y G A N K. Uh, Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Laura J Nash. Nate, where can people find you? On Twitter at Nate S T L. And Shane, where can people find you? Also over on Twitter at Eight Bit Shane. And I promised you a spoiler break. So, ladies and gentlemen, here it is: your spoiler break. Okay, here we are post-spoiler break, and I don't know exactly how I want to approach this, so I've decided to begin by reading the 15-paragraph plot summary from Wikipedia. (laughs) Uh, Scratch that. I'm going to give you guys my understanding of what happened, and maybe you can correct me or elaborate or expand on it, because, you know, huh? Okay, so the game takes place in a sort of cyberpunk uh, retrofuturist world. It's not our own. It is the aftermath mm-hmm. of a massive war called the Cro-Mag War, which is an interesting name that's never elaborated upon. Against the Cro-Mags. Right? And they won. Mm-hmm. I guess they won, right? Yeah, so, uh, and the, the you're in a place called New Mecca. Now, I don't, still don't know what a Cro-Mag is, and I'm pretty sure I played most of this game. What is a Cro-Mag? There is no, I, I don't know. No there there is no is. definition of what the Cro-Mags are. The, 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 they definitely lost. Mm-hmm. The, our, our people lost. Our boys, the New right? Mecca soldiers, presumably, right? But there's, but I can't tell what the repercussions of their loss are because right. they're all in their world. Well, except for that it's, it's broken into districts, you know, uh, Hunger Games style, but there's the third district, the second district and the first district. And there's like no kids in the third district. So that they, they, maybe they've been placed into like, yeah, maybe they're occupied in some way. It's a little hard yeah. to tell. But so what we, well, the other stuff that we learn about our, our world here is that during the war, there was some sort of super soldier program 
Uh, and our main character was one of the subjects of that super soldier program. They were all given this drug called Kronos that gave them some sort of precognition and the ability to totally wreck ass with samurai swords. And, uh, but it has, it has serious side effects, namely that if you go into withdrawal from it, then, um, you can kind of get stuck in your own head, um, in a sort of like time slows down to a crawl kind of way or something like that. That's what I gathered from it. Am I am I right so far? Yeah, they they so. imply that when they there's those the neighbors that are like rocking out for the first half of the game who are then uh, murdered. They by imply V, that, right? V did that, or yeah, yeah by okay. V, yeah, that they are not actually dead, but they're stuck in some sort of like waking coma yeah yeah like that that he gave them he gave them chronos to like so it reminds me of that scene from uh did you guys see the really fucking cool uh i thought maybe it was a billy pilgrim do do you remember that really fucking cool um uh judge dread movie from a few years back with yeah uh yeah so so there's a there's a drug in that that's very similar in that it sort of you take it and it slows down time and what the the drug dealers would do if they wanted to really mess with somebody would be like they'd give them this like super time slowing drug and then they'd throw them out of Mm -hmm. a window so that it subjectively takes them like an hour to hit the ground yeah but in this game the chronos drug is incredibly scarce scarce so why would they waste it on these guys i, I could know, i was man. like that v guy yeah. was a weird dude anyway was, so yeah yeah so i guess the 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 plot is mostly about you for some reason he has amnesia i'm not sure that was really explained uh maybe somebody can explain to me why he has amnesia but I, first he's uh, he's going on these like assassination missions because Okay, and this is where this is where I was confused about the story. The people who were sort of his handlers, including his psychiatrist and whatever organization were behind him, seemed to be responsible for creating Kronos. They were part of the same program, yes. but also they were trying to destroy all evidence of its existence by killing anyone who knew anything about it. Yeah, so I think so the main character is the last subject of the test. They're the, the, one of the gammas, as they call them. They are the the very last, or at least the, either the last test group or the last individual to have gone through this test. And seemingly because of this, they are also the best, the, the very best version of this test. And these like They're precog the, super soldiers, right? Yeah, these precog super soldiers. And so they lo- they lost the war and for whatever reason, how did they lose the war with these freaking I, crazy ass these, soldiers? I don't know. It's never yeah, explained as far they, as I can tell. They never go into that. So they have, but they lost the war. And for whatever reason, despite having lost the war, because you'd think they'd mount some sort of guerrilla, uh, you know, uh, uh, re, you know, re- resistance, but they have decided to destroy all evidence of the program that created these super soldiers and they are using the last person that they trained through this program to uh, go through and assassinate all the individuals that have, that were a part of the creation of this program. Meanwhile, there is another organization or group of people that are trying to also get their hands on this. And that's, the quote unquote the dragon, right? The blonde guy. Yeah, that's. I think. What's that's their goal? Me. I was super confused about them. I, well, I think they just want to stay alive. Yeah, I didn't understand I, that part at all. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, actually, we're way past the stuff that that made direct sense to me. Uh, for me, all of this stuff about the different, you know, the program and stuff like that. None of that really, um, like it, it's all in the background. It's all really just yeah. like you know, snickering faces in the distance, laughing together about how we're gonna yeah. bury all the evidence. But what really is is front and center in the story is the story of this uh, bathrobe wearing uh, assassin who's like probably an ins- like maybe maybe all this is in his head. Maybe he's an insane serial killer, you know? Well, and yeah, I think there's parts of it that are like they drop hints about that kind of stuff earlier. But to me, it, it's it's very much uh, just a cut and paste of the the story from Leon the professional, though, like without the without the like psychological time bendy stuff like it's it's this character who's an assassin who's like, you know, getting jobs and going about his daily life. Like, meanwhile, he's isolated and cut off emotionally and socially and you know it, you have these scenes of him in a, like interacting with a neighbor young girl you know who's that that whole element is exactly likely on the professional but it's very much this like isolated um uh but hyper competent assassin character characterization right yeah yeah i i think so i i think there are definitely elements that are happening in his head and then i think there are elements that are real i do think that there's the amnesia element is some sort of forced amnesia. I think that whatever his handlers, they've, they have wiped his memory or something to create the persona of the current, uh, uh, you know, of the assassin as he is now. And then I think the side plot of the little girl and all of that is, is what you're talking about, Shane, which is like this, humanity like poking through despite all of the all of the yeah you know shit that they're that is piled on them right like at the end of the day most people are going to treat a child with some care and concern and that's what this person is doing and 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 all of their actions they're like they don't really have any control about it you know what's a little frustrating about the storytelling is that the part that Shane's referring to the sort of, which is essentially a side plot. And that also gets kind of like, it's complicated at the end. We're already past spoilers. So I'll just say that like, there's the, the, the game strongly implies that the little girl was in his head the whole time. Although then of course, in a post credit scene, it's like, but was she? I, yeah. I don't, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. But like that, that, the, um, that was the part that had, that, that works. Like that was the emotional, through line of the game um and the yeah. the whole story of the the program and the war and the stuff that was the part of the story that didn't really work for me and so it was a little frustrating to as it as the story went along for that part to be foregrounded more and more and more and the 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 bits with the little girl become essentially something that like was just there to remind you that this guy wasn't a total killing machine yeah, so I I have a slightly different take. So I thought that the the program and the war was all actually pretty well defined. I thought that it was kind of a cool idea that like the creators of this drug. Oh, uh, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm not saying it wasn't well defined because they clearly yeah. pour information about it into you at every opportunity. Like, yeah, they, oh, they, yeah. Well, they we, will never pass up an opportunity well, to tell you everything they know about it. 
about the war. No, well, the thing I liked about the war plot is is not so much that like we're hearing the history of this war, but again, it's like back to the the uh, the uh, what I think is maybe the other emotional core piece to the main character, which is the fact that he's a veteran, right? And they go into several scenes where they have you play out interactions uh, around just his experience of maybe being a veteran with PTSD, like uh, like th- there's a sequence with a homeless man that you know, can go very different ways depending on how you react to some things he says about the war, about like your service, or there's the sequence where he gets drunk in a bar. Um, and that's where Reagan's favorite visual effect, the pixel grid, perfect skew of the bar as he becomes drunk. Uh, come on. It was really cool. Um, it was a really good effect. <laughs> it, it was a good effect. Um, but, th- but those scenes like where you're interacting with people and, and like discussing, you know, kind of talking around the trauma of war, I think were really interesting. And then it, as you get through that, it does kind of veer back into the science fiction side. Like there's a point where I think the main character to himself says, ah, it's not PSD. It's this fucking drug, Kronos, man. It's not PSD. PST, PTSD is definitely Kronos. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think, so I think the whole, uh, the, the main story where it's someone who's you know was was used as a tool of war it's like it's like a dr manhattan sort of thing where they're like looking back and they're like i don't want to do this anymore but like i'm reliant on it like i think that's all fine and i thought it was pretty interesting to have like former members of that test also out in the world trying to gain more chronos i thought that was all fine and all really interesting and i and i and i actually think it's it's a really good story and it's a really cool world and like i'd i'd love to see more of it the one the, the really the only thing that i don't totally understand or have at least a hazy uh hand uh a grasp on is what the hell? Who? Are, what is the comedy and tragedy, uh, guys? Okay. This this is the one thing that like really sticks out to me is like, what the what is what is this? So that, there are that two really characters. felt like some like it was trying way too hard. To be, I don't know whether it was trying too hard to be artsy or I don't or what, I don't get it. I just thought that whole okay. Sorry, I'm I'm don't mean to interrupt you, but it's garbage. Please explain it. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's garbage. I just I do think it is it is trying very hard to be artsy. I I do think that's what you're what what you're getting at. And so there there are two characters that are constantly in impeding in the story or uh, uh, intercepting the story. To uh, when I pre spoiler break when I you know made a joke about Greek chorus they are like they they speak in that way where everything one is of them does, flowery the other one just these and vows like, yeah, yeah it's that it's, it's that sort of purpley yeah. yeah like Greek chorus language do you know what they reminded me of something that um, they reminded me of something in one of my least favorite games um, Bioshock Infinite. Uh. Do you remember oh. the um, the two characters that arrived there and were just sort of like constantly walking into your fight sequences and talking to each other in in silly British accents and observing you? It was it was those that that archetype of character, like the uh, the weird watcher. And I, what I think is interesting about this, as 
and as a, I do have, think there is something valuable to them in the story, which is we're already in a story where you're questioning what's real and what's not. And they've got this high, um, this high, high sci-fi weirdness, uh, thing, right? The, this, this Cro-Mag war, you know, battle drug science fiction stuff. But by adding a thing that's a little bit of a fantasy element or a fantasy trope by having this sort of weird Greek chorus element, um, you it puts a flag in the ground and says not all of this can be real. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It is just sort of they're, they're just tripping into the story to say, oh, what fools these mortals be. But the, the other thing about it is that it's, it, it is it is made sort of central because they have the they have a kind of a countdown to like, okay, it's going to happen. There's going to be a big choice. There's going to be a big choice in the game. You're going to have to make a big choice. And it's all tied up with these stupid characters that I hate. And then when you get to that choice, uh, they're like, will you choose life or death? And the choice is dumb. And the results of it are dumb because you really only have one choice. You know, if you choose uh if you choose uh, death, I guess, I forget how it goes, then you just like, it rolls credits. So it's not a real choice. It's like, do you, the choice is essentially like, oh, we're here to ask you, do you want to watch the credits now or later? <laughs> yeah. And of course you're, so I did, I, I chose death and you die and you hit credits and you're like, well, shit, that's oh, not stupid. the end of the game. So you, so you, and but you have to do the whole thing where you have to go continue from last scene and right. you pick back up and you're like, I choose life. So it's not a real choice. No. There's, n- there's no one out there that was like, Oh, I chose death. Well, that's a satisfying conclusion to this game. I'm done with this game. And you'd like, no, no. So it felt, it felt false. This is the one thing that I think they needed to close because I think the rest of the world and the rest of the stuff that I do think is real is good and open and strange and feels sci-fi and feels weird. But I think they needed to close this because these are the two characters at the end that have the little girl and you're like, well, is any of that real? And and that's a fine question, but they needed to add a little bit of like, I don't know. I it, it was too open and too strange for me to feel satisfied by that because the rest of the, the story was satisfying and I just don't get it. I don't know what they were trying to do. I don't know, man. I, I, like every time they were on screen, I was just counting the counting the dialogue choices until I could finally get them back off. Yeah, of the it was. Screen. I was hard. I was hardly reading it after a while. You know, it's like it's too purpley. It's too flowery. It's too like they were just it, not. It was just, not additive at all. And the, yeah, the so I I agree with you in a sense that like the the rest of the story at least has like the trappings of an interesting sci-fi story i just wish it was better told like i don't i don't really like um like i I mean i like a i like an unreliable narrator but i don't really love um stories that revolve entirely around like how much of this is real and how much of it is either a drug trip or a psychotic hallucination or something right and and that's like so much of this game is that i see i i don't know i really think that um I don't know. It had this like, like Blade Runnery future tech thing that I, I like. The only no, that's part cool. of it, I, that, I agree. But yeah, the only yeah. part of it that didn't feel grounded and worthwhile were these two characters, and I could not understand what they were trying to accomplish other than adding like a haze. Well, I guess so. He, here's the things that I didn't understand when it got to the end of the story. Um, I didn't understand what the motivations of the people who were the sort of handlers of the of the main character were, apart from erasing the program. But it's like, 
why do that in first of all they're sort of erasing themselves so i wasn't under sure i understood like the the factions involved uh, i also really so the, the game made a lot of um thematic uh, did a lot of thematic work around this dream sequence that the main character continually had. So every few scenes, you'd get another version of this dream sequence where he was, initially you think he's the child in the dream sequence, right? Where, where this shadowy figure comes in and kills his family or him or something. And every time it repeats the dream sequence, it gets more clarified until finally you see that actually um, it's uh, it's you know, actually him coming in, uh, killing a scientist, and there's a little boy hiding under a bed. Um, and the little boy, as far as I could tell, in the sort of final version of the dream sequence, isn't killed. Um, he just came in, killed a scientist, and destroyed a computer. But like, okay, that 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 moment when we finally see that play out with him killing the scientist and destroying the computer, and then uh, taking off his mask. Oh, it's the main character. Like, so what? I didn't understand what was the computer. Uh, why was, why was a little boy important? Why was it important that he died versus didn't? Who was the scientist? What did that scene freaking matter at all? Uh, essentially the big reveal of that, as far as I could tell, was like, he'd been having dreams about back when he was in the war, but we already knew he was in the war. What, what was revealed there? I didn't, I didn't understand from a storytelling perspective. That seemed like it was supposed to be like what the game was building to. And I just didn't get why it mattered. Maybe you have a better, maybe you can tell me, <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't know. I think that was uh, potentially the inv invention of Kronos, and he like went in and it can't have been. He was already a soldier at that point, right? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know why. I don't, I don't know. know why that mattered at all. And it was this like it was yeah. treated as this like big reveal that like was built Reagan, up to. I, I, I was hoping that we would have this discussion. Normally, the the way this works is you explain things to me because <laughs> you do the research <laughs> and, and I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I've read I, the 15 I, paragraph I, Wikipedia summary. I still don't know what it meant. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't, I don't get there. There's so much of this game that I don't get, but I, I think though, the, I would love to keep playing more of this game. Uh, if they'll give it to me, because eventually they'll explain it. it. Because they can't, they help, can't but help explain everything. And they, it does feel like they're saving something for a sequel. In the meanwhile, they're going to give us a lot of really cool rooms full of people to slaughter. True. See, that's where I'm willing to, oh, yeah. like, give... That's where I'm willing to, like... Yeah, there, there's a lot of things that are not explained, and that's fine. That And, and I'm fine with that. I'm fine with not understanding... Your first point, Reagan, I'm, I'm fine with not understanding why do the handlers want to erase the existence of the program. I think that's actually, that's yeah. cool. That is, that is, that's good for the sequel. I don't care. Like that, that, that worked for me. Uh, I'm fine with this like hazy uh, enemy that wants the Kronos drug for whatever reason they want it, whether it's to survive or whether it's to like propagate their own worldview. I don't, I don't know. I'm fine with all that. That's all like action movie, bad guy stuff. It, it was, the the um i do agree with you that the ending the revelation that it was actually he's not the little boy he's the one who kills the scientist meant nothing to me i had no idea what that was supposed to expose that was confusing and the uh the comedy and tragedy characters and them abducting the small child 
I have no idea what any of that or rather means, or rather the scene in which he's told by everyone in his building including some cops and his landlady that that the little girl never existed in the first place like so I think the the much more likely thing is that these the comedy and tragedy characters are in his head so is the little girl and so is the little girl yeah yeah which maybe sucks I don't from know a different but also they could be they could be you know, part of the system, man, <laughs> right? Like they could be being paid off by whatever it is, the Cro-Mags or something. Yeah, the, the I don't know. does I, occasionally I, play with the idea that like he may be seeing one thing, but the reality is something different. So yeah. like, sure, maybe the weird comedy and tragedy people are actually his, you know, some extension of the organization that is his handlers yeah. or something. But. And, and I'm fine. And that's ultimately where it's like, I'm fine with a lot of these questions. Yeah. I think that's okay. I think that like – Well, you, you know, so a, I agree in that like I don't mind a story that has ambiguity. What I don't like is um, having something that feels like it's supposed to be a narr- narrative payoff that falls completely flat. And that's really what what bothered me about that stuff. That's what I – like I, I felt no, um, no like catharsis yeah. at the end of this game. You know, I was just like, uh, Okay. Like it, it, like it ended in the middle of the game when I chose to die, and I was like, "Well, I, I want to keep playing." So I rebooted and and said, "Yes, I want to live," and I kept playing. And then when it ended, I was like, I, "I, I could not tell other than the only reason I could tell that this game was nearing the end was because the rate of difficulty <laughs> had, yeah. had seemingly had hit a, had a, hit a peak, right? When you like fight that last, oh, the laser boss! boss. Oh my god, which which I was also not expecting this game to have the uh, boss fights. Yeah, me neither. Which we didn't really talk about in the uh, pre-spoiler. But I thought that was cool. The funny thing and about those I boss re- fights, I mean, you know, not to go back to mechanics talk, but like those boss fights are like, they're not hard because those bosses are damaged sponges or take a bunch of hits. Uh, although they do take multiple hits, but it was just different than the, most of the rest of the enemies. But it's mostly just that like those bosses do a lot all at once. If you play those bosses back at full yeah. speed, it's like they're a blur. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. And I actually appreciated that. I thought it was cool that there were boss fights. Yeah. I, I was not expecting boss fights. But the only reason I could tell the game was coming to an end was because of the, the rate of difficulty. And I was like, this game, they're not going to layer it on. So when it ended, I was just like, okay, I don't know any more about this world than I did. Th- than I did really. like three quarters of the way through or even halfway yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like, okay, I think I've, sh- you know, there's a very dramatic ending of the psychiatrist. Oh, yeah, Ugh. But it's also a little tropey too, because it's like, yeah, I kind of thought that might be where yeah, this is going, yeah. you know? I, yeah, and, it's, it's just, and, it ended with a massive huh for me, you know? It's just like a, yeah, I just, huh, huh, and, huh. And that's why, that's huh. why I said at the beginning that this was ultimately confounding because they, they clearly, I, I, I think that the, the creators of this game, that must have been like a big moment. You know, right? Like, oh yeah, we're gonna oh, we're gonna, gonna blow it. their minds yeah. here. Uh, yeah, and it, but it, but really, when I played, I'm just like, well, who did who? What? It, <laughs> <laughs> so yes. th- this is a game. This is a game where the story kind of has to blow your mind. You know, they, they, that's the style they're going for. But what really blew my mind about this was the level design. Right. 
Yeah, it's like, a good level well, design. Sure. Bosses yeah. are great examples of good level design, but I mean, they have lots of really interestingly designed levels here. Like they managed to make a minecart level that I thought was cool. <laughs> I forgot uh, about that. They <laughs> had uh, they had lots of levels that had a variety of different ways to kind of interact with them, whether it was like different layers going inside and outside of a building or levels with switches, levels with really cool theming, uh, levels that had really interesting layout, like the one with the elevator where yeah. you're going up and down and getting, the, you know, all yeah. across the board, this game had really killer, awesome design to the levels. But that's the thing about this game, right? That that's what that's why I both love this game and I'm so like deeply confused by it. It's like there's so much thought that went into this game that I think ultimately they forgot about a player who doesn't under doesn't know all the things that they hasn't know. already read their story right? Bible hasn't read their yeah, 15 so, paragraph Wikipedia summary. No, I think it's so great to be like lost in the story like that. It's like, that's one of the most fun. I, I wouldn't, to, I wouldn't mind no, story but and be like, what's going story, on here? Man. I wouldn't mind if I think this, this story was like, it just the, the, the storytelling of this game was badly in need of an editor and not just like, like maybe, maybe two, they need like a film editor and, and like a writing story editor to come in and really like hash this thing out and like turn, turn what they've got which is a lot of fucking story into like a real fucking story like it's it just it, it just it just like it's like 90 percent of the way there but it's got like too much in some places not enough in others it just needs a it needs another pass yeah, yeah. The game either I, I agree needs... with you but i will say that i think the the way that this game presents its story is intentional like think about yeah. the Think about the the dialogue option to like just interrupt the sh you know so how many times in this game can you just like mash a button and say shut up and give me my drugs and like that's the fastest way to get to the next murder right that <laughs> works yeah. in this game top to bottom narratively so but also there was a there was a moment I straight up refused the drugs. An entire scene, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take these anymore. And I refused the drugs every time. I said, no, no, no. And you end up ultimately storming out of the room without taking the drugs. And in the next scene, you you do the fight as if you took the drugs. And the next moment you're in the psychiatrist, like you, he forces the drugs on you. So it's like there was no... I, I was thinking like, yeah. wow, wouldn't it be cool if after refusing these drugs, I don't get to use slow-mo during these fights, but there was nothing. It, it seemed to have zero impact that I absolutely refused the drugs. So I'm sure uh, they have a narrative explanation somewhere <laughs> in the story for why not taking the drugs didn't do what you didn't think it would do. They've got the dosage figured out down to the milligram and they know how much he needs to get through the next level. I'm sure they do, but I didn't see it in the game. Yeah. And and that's ultimately where like I think that's where I think the miss is. Yeah. Is that at the end of the day the story ends in a way that does not match the the satisfaction of the game. Because I absolutely loved the gameplay oh, of yeah. this game. And I would play this game without any of this 
uh, story, and I, I, and I maybe I, enjoy I, it more, and and maybe well, I don't know because it, I I love that they went for it. That's right. It's like I, I, yeah, it's yeah. like eight. It's like eighty percent of the way there, and I just wish there was something something that added one one ounce of catharsis. One one thing that like I like blasted through this story the same way I wish I could have blasted through these levels, like <laughs> mashing buttons at a thousand miles an hour. I probably and should have played it, it that way. At, at that pace, all of these little narrative issues that you're describing vanish, and it becomes way more awesome. So just, just do <laughs> yeah. it. You know, I think that's, yeah, that, that's that, is a, that is a plus in that, like, maybe the story isn't great, but it does give you the option to largely skip it by cutting it through well, your sword. I, I, I think the story is great. I just wish that there was something that brought it all together. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe, it, well, it, you we're, know. we're running short on time. I am going to have to edit this thing. Yeah. I swear to God. Like, oof. so um, I, I think I can call it there, but I, I'm really, yeah. really glad we played this once again. And uh, I really enjoyed yeah. it. And even even with all the bonkers story stuff, sometimes you just sometimes you watch a, a movie and your jaws on the floor because it's beautiful. And sometimes you watch a movie and your jaws on the floor for other reasons. And this was one of those other reasons experiences for me. But like, I was really yeah. impressed by well, it in a bunch of. Yeah, really, exactly. Yeah. I, and I'm s- same, same. I, like I said, this might have been in my top five of 2019 if we had played it. So all of my concerns and yes. frustrations about the, the story are more like an appreciate. It, it, it's like a weird thing where they went for it so hard. So that hard. I wish there was just like, it's either you go for it this hard and nail it or you don't. And I and I feel like they, they kind of like didn't get it across the, the finish line. But I appreciate that they did, that they tried, and it, like, they took a uh, real hard swing. <laughs> they they, they so, really did it. And uh, when you when you uh, when you're making an action platformer, uh, you don't have to do this. But when you do, like I love it, I, I go for it. You know, like write, you know, <laughs> tell your story. It's it's cool. You know, I I, I will recommend this game to anyone. I like, will also it's, recommend it's, this yeah, game. It's it's worth playing. And maybe because maybe someone out there will play it and tell me what the hell happened because <laughs> I sure didn't figure it out. So I think I'll end it there. Yes, listeners, if you can explain the story to me, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter, on Discord. We'd love to hear from you. We really uh, are. I'm looking forward to chatting about this game a little bit more. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for listening to the short game. Ah. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> wah, 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 wah. That was one of those that was one of those episodes, man. We had a lot to say about that yeah. story. All right, everybody hit stop.